forward and upward, I always say. Sometimes you got to move back to move forward. What is it Matthew McConaughey says? I have no idea. Sometimes you got to move back to move forward. And then he drives his Lincoln into the sunset. There have been a few things that have come out since we last recorded. Yeah. One of them just randomly dropped, and it was still in theaters. Top Gun. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two. It yeah. dropped on the streaming. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. The long-awaited sequel Sonic to the Stephen's Hedgehog. favorite movie. <laughs> I was going to say, I think these are the best adaptations of video games I think I've ever seen when it comes to film. Better than Super Mario Brothers? LOL, Gabe. Big funny. You got me. <laughs> Where's the laugh track? Cue the laugh track here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think they're the best. I think... They're done the best, and they accurately represent the characters, and uh, Eggman, and they're really good. Jim Carrey, once again, was hilarious. It's funny, because if you go back and listen to our like our earlier stuff, you were really shitting on Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the first one, when I was like joking about you going to the theater I and seeing it, seen it, and you were like, hell no, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, that was actually really good. And the second one, I think, was even better than the first. And it's crazy because they got the voice actress who played Tails to voice the Tails in this. And that was fascinating because normally they'll get recast by like a celebrity or something. Yeah. But no, the original voice actress who played Tails in the animated TV show back in the day played Tails in this. and Was that in the 90s? 2000s? I think it was in the 90s. Idris Elbow played Knuckles. Idris Elbow. (laughs) Elbow, he said? Yeah, it's funny. Idris, 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 Idris Elba, Elba takes so many uh, interesting yeah. roles. He's got a very eclectic career, yeah. but he always brings it. That new movie, the Three Thousand Years of Longing. Yeah, where he's a genie and he's, he's granting a genie. <laughs> he's great. That movie looks wild. It looks crazy. He, he and Tilda Swinton. Someone had a great comment where they're like, "Of those two actors, you would have thought Tilda Swinton would be the genie." <laughs> true, true. But yeah. Idris is great. I love him. He'll always be is my favorite thing he's done, even though he's done other great stuff. Is uh, What was his character's name in Pacific Rim? It was something really badass. General Stacker Pentecost or something. And he lives up to the name, too. Such gravitas he carries with him. But it was a good film. I mean, he turns into, like, God Hedgehog, where he turns yellow, and, and then he, like, can fly. He's like Superman Hedgehog. He- Hedge God. And then they tease Shadow Sonic in the end. Yeah. Setting it up for a third, I think. We're in the saga now. Yeah. It's the Sonic saga. But it's, it's they're good films. I mean, honestly. Like, they're entertaining and fun. There's one horrible part of that film, or that movie, where it's hard to call it a film. It's not high art. <laughs> but <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. There's one, one horrible part of that movie where they have a dance-off <laughs> in Siberia. In a Siberian, like, drinking barn where everybody's... And they have a dance-off with a bunch of shirtless Siberians. That sounds awesome. You might have just sold me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love... I would would pay so much money to see, like, Martin Scorsese sit down in a theater by himself and watch this movie. (laughs) This is where society is heading, and it's... I'm here for it. Anyway... Speaking of the long and venerated history in cinema of live-action and animation coinciding what are we doing today steven we're doing a film i'm so happy to talk about because i didn't think i did not think when i first saw the trailer or heard about it that i'd be talking about it on the podcast and there's a reason that we are (laughs) but 
when I first heard that this movie was happening, I was floored, floored, because they said Andy Samberg, mm-hmm. John Mulaney, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you sold me. And then when the first trailer came out and you find out what it is, where it's like yeah. a very meta discombobulation of analyses, yeah. it's pretty wild. Meta is the right word. It is the most meta cartoon nostalgia film I think you could find these days. And it's it's entirely a product of our current society when it comes to how it's generated this sort of comedy. And you have these specific comedians that are at the top of their game in this style of comedy. Mm-hmm. And then discussing this nostalgia fair of, of what Chippendale Rescue Rangers meant to a lot of young kids back in the early 90s. Including me, I used to watch Chip and the Rescue Rangers all the time, and so I was already—I probably already would have watched that movie. But the fact that it was done by with the comedy styles of John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, along with Akiva Schaefer directing it, I was like—I was floored. My brother and I were texting each other because we're we're huge nostalgia buddies. We're like constantly sending each other nostalgia things on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, we were like so excited to see this movie and we were both laughing because it's just so stupid to be excited about something like this and especially because it was coming out on disney plus you just didn't think you'd get this kind of film on disney plus or at least i mean i i would expect to get a live action reboot of an old animated something on disney plus but not not with this sort of comedic styling because it's it really pushes the envelope as far as to what is appropriate for for disney plus (laughs) Anyway, we're doing Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chippendale. Yep. Rescue Rangers. I am. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm. I'm. I'm honestly astonished that you watched it. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to, but then I kept hearing about how good it was from many, many different kinds of people. I'm blown away, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I am a total sucker for Andy and Akiva, and I like John Mulaney a lot too. And John and Andy have great chemistry together, so that was the hook. But then once I once I kind of looked a little more into it and saw how clever they were with a lot of the humor, and this film is chock full of characters from other properties. So many. It's and we've seen a lot of movies do that, especially nowadays with you know multiverse stuff. But this had a large reach, or deep pulls. Yeah, really deep pulls. So many things I, I couldn't even tell you because I don't even know some of the how deep the polls are. Like yeah. I don't know some of the things they're pulling from. And then some of them were obvious and more yeah. recent, like Ugly Sonic, who stole every scene yeah. he was in. Or <laughs> or like the cats from the most recent live adaptation of cats fighting yeah. fighting in the alley. Yeah, there were throwaway gags like the blink and you miss it kind yeah. of things. That was one of them. <laughs> yeah. like, cats. Oh, that's crazy. Or He Man and Skeletor. From back in the day, yeah. Some a lot of that stuff isn't even Disney, which it begs the question. There was yeah, there was a thing of Batman and ET. Uh huh. There was how can they do that? I don't know. I and there there was talk of other other things like Universal and I think Paramount. I don't know how they got the rights to all that stuff. To be honest, I wonder if you even like need licensing or if you if there's like a point where you can just like kind of use their visage, but they were using the names. I, I yeah, I'm I'm I it, was blown away by how much they got away with. I'm like, wow, they must have spent all their budget on just licensing those characters. Yeah. And amidst all that, there's like... They crawled like up a Voltron at one point. Yeah. Voltron at the end there. 
I mean, there are literally so many references that I can't keep them straight. Yeah, there were there was a reference that I remember before Christmas, but that's not a surprise because Disney. They were pulling from. They had jokes, just so many quick quips about so many things. The henchman was the Coca Cola bear. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing. <laughs> it's mental. Okay, so the whole idea here is that. They're in this world where our universe collides with... Animation? Yeah, any anything that's ever been animated. So, in this world, they don't just draw... There's not humans sitting down to draw animation. They're animated creatures who are being filmed like we would film a movie. Yeah. That's kind of the idea here. And so, there's all different kinds of animation. There's old 2D hand-drawn animation. There's claymation, stop-motion... There's puppets, there's Muppets, like, you know, actual Muppets, Sesame Street, hand, like hand puppetry. and Even a and, sock puppet. Yeah, like a sock puppet. <laughs> it's just, it's exactly. incredible. And then there's, the, I already mentioned Claymation, but there's a key character who's a, a, a literally a clay character, like a Gumby, yeah. and he's he's the main chief. He's he's voiced by J.K. Simmons. He, he was cracking me up. Pet I love when, when she's like pleading with him, he's like... She's like, don't you, don't you have a heart? He's like, no, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Yeah, JK was so funny. He was hilarious. Andy Samberg and JK Simmons go back. They've worked together a few times, so it made sense that he's here. But there's all these different blends of, of animation or puppetry or anything that's ever been kind of cartoonized at some point. Then all the way up to like CG animation, 3D animation, what we see today, and both... Everything that was done computer graphic wise from its inception where it was not quite right, like in the early 2000s, there's jokes about how the animation wasn't quite right, <laughs> all the way up to today where the CG animation is is uh, a lot better. And that's one of the gags is that uh, in this universe, Dale has undergone like a makeover process, procedure. a procedure to get the 3D animation and Chip, who is just very content being who he is, is still the 2D animation that we know back from the early 90s Rescue Rangers days. And so both of them throughout the whole film have like a different animation style. It's that alone should sell you <laughs> on on this film, at least to check it out or watch a trailer. But yeah, that's kind of the gag. And then there's the meta comedy of the fact that like they need to solve a mystery and then they're talking about doing a reboot or, or like like wanting to come back to do a reboot or re uh, or um, sequel to Rescue Rangers. Yeah. And so Chip and Dale are constantly discussing that the whole time amidst them quarreling about something that happened in the past. They're referencing their old episodes as they're unraveling <laughs> the mystery. <laughs> like in episode 153, they only had like 60 something episodes yeah. in their life. But. It, they, I think they said it was one season. Yeah, or might have been. It, it, I think it was a couple years, the span of time that it was over. But but yeah, inside of all this amazing, clever writing <laughs> and self-referencing and referencing other parts of pop culture, the story was actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty intertwined with the meta-commentary of like, the whole thing is about bootlegging right. uh, characters, which was pretty sad the more you think about it. But it had a lot of implications towards real life with like you know trafficking and stuff like that that's interesting but the mystery was pretty interesting to me uh and i was compelled i thought it was compelling i like how they were setting up the woman cop to be yeah the foil and then it turns out it's not her that was like clever writing you know 
Yeah, and the way they address it when Putty is revealed to be <laughs> the villain. They're yeah. like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What do they say the cologne smells like again? It's almonds and... Almond butter and gasoline. Almond butter and gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Nobody wears that. I, I haven't laughed like that in a while. Oh, that's good. I'm yeah. glad that you left. I and what I thought it would be written as well by Andy and John because it feels like it's so in line with their comedy, but the writers were actually credited as Dan Greger and Doug Mand, who've done a lot of stuff. But And it was directed, like I said, by Akiva Schaefer. You're a big fan of Akiva Schaefer's comedy as well. Yeah, Akiva's and Andy are two thirds of the Lonely Island, so Yeah. It it You wanna talk about who the Lonely Island is? Who, like everybody knows the Lonely Island. That's not true. I mean, give a quick history on degree. Akiva Schaefer. <laughs> yeah, Akiva Schaefer is usually the the third of Lonely Island who ends up directing a lot of the material they work on. I don't remember if he actually directed Hot Rod, which is still my favorite Lonely Island production. But he directed Pop Star, which was great. He did direct Hot Rod. And when they were on SNL, he and Yorm were mostly writing, while Andy was like kind of the face that uh, ended up doing a lot of the acting. Yeah, I guess he directed most of the digital shorts as well. Yeah, he he does a lot of directing, and I think he's he's very good at it. But I think I saw that Yorm was in this movie uh, as like a he had a smaller voicing role, but all three of those guys I think are so talented. And oh, he directed a bunch of I think he should leave too. Yeah, I, he directed nine episodes of that. Show. Yeah, all these guys are SNL alum, and that's how they got to know each other. Uh, the Lonely Island when they came on and like, honestly, like reinvigorated SNL in the mid two thousands with digital shorts and everything. Yeah, that's where they got to meet John Mulaney, who is a very popular writer. Tim Robinson was even on SNL for a stint, and that's where they got to know each other. And their comedy, I think, lines up pretty well. It's that absurdist kind of bizarro. Uh, some people might think of it as like low tier comedy or low hanging fruit, but I. I think it, it usually plays really well. Yeah. So it's a, those guys are all friends. Right. Know? And like Seth Rogen is in the mix, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't an SNL cast member. But yeah, all these guys probably just like to hang out with each other. Yeah. But there's a huge cast here. Like you said, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons did voices. Eric Bana was Monterey Jack. Like, yeah. I didn't know You would know never that. know. I thought, I thought it was the original voice actor. Yeah. Because he sounded like the original voice actor. Will Arnett was was he, so good. Uh, a grown-up version of Peter Pan. They called what was his name? Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. Yeah, he's the villain. Akiva Schaefer himself did a crap ton of voices. Dennis Haysbert as Zipper was so funny to me. He's oh, the right. Allstate voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes in like this, and it's not something you'd expect. And then you said you told me Gadget was voiced by the same girl. Yeah, Tress McNally, which is really cool. That was like Nile hit of nostalgia. Yeah, and uh, Keegan Keegan Michael Key. Keegan was Keegan the, also did some stuff. The cheesemonger. That guy was funny. We had uh, a lot of Jim Cummings, which I love to see. He's such a classic voice actor. Oh yeah, Pooh Bear, Darkwing Duck, all that stuff. Chris Parnell had a cameo at the end. Oh, that's right. Oh, it was Yorm who did the Batman gag. Oh, he was like, "Fine." <laughs> <laughs> what does E.T. say? E.T. says, "Like E.T. forgives Batman." <laughs> He goes, and Batman goes, okay. Yeah, he goes, fine. <laughs> so funny. It is funny. Yeah. Yeah. But like, okay, I mean, apart from that, everything we've said, the meta comedy is really where it's at. And I think that's what makes this so good. And I mean, like, 
for example, we, we describe the world where it's humans living amongst cartoons. So you, you see this suburban cul-de-sac and you're panning over houses that would just, you know, otherwise be normal suburban houses on a cul-de-sac, two-story houses. And then you get to Chip's house, which is this tiny little house built for a chipmunk that's like, I don't know, one-eighth of the size of a house or something, one-tenth of the scale of the size it's of like a house. It's like a toy house. Yeah, it's like a toy house. <laughs> but it's part of the cul-de-sac, so it takes up that same space. <laughs> it was stuff like that over and over and again. And his normal-sized dog? It's Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that lives in the house. It's, it's, it's comedy like that. It, it happens so consistently. It's so constant. Every scene, there, every single, like... 20 to 30 seconds there's a new joke that's as clever as that kind of gag yeah and it's just over and over and over and over again and it just you either have to at some point turn off your brain and accept that it's happening to you or you know you could fight it and say this movie kind of sucks or whatever and and really kick against it but you have to be into that kind of style of humor and understand even the pop culture references that it's pulling from to be able to appreciate it you know what i mean yeah, it never felt like it was overreaching, though. Like, a lot of the time, I think, movies like this, and even in recent memory, we've seen... I, I Someone mentioned Space Jam 2, and it got me thinking of, like, comparisons. So different. But it... So like, different. This movie, it felt like it just played... And I don't think it's, like, to the point where you have to cut it some slack for being what it is. I think it's just good. Like, I think it's well-written and well-executed to the point where I would say everybody can enjoy this movie with no like expectation or i mean with no like having to make up an excuse for it yeah i think it just it plays really well and like you said a lot of that is due to the how uh adept the world building is and how it doesn't have to explain itself but all these things exist and you and it just it (laughs) it works right i don't know it reminds like it's like when chip gets one of his ears turned into a snoopy ear yeah and then he gets it chopped off and then and then to fix that he just blows into his he like like he'd be popping popping his um his ears <laughs> because he's like gone to too much altitude he blows on his thumb and then one of his ears pops back in yeah it's just that thing that just it doesn't really make sense but that's that's the that's the kind of pill that you have to swallow to kind of accept what's happening yeah but yeah no i agree i mean i i, I do feel a need to like stand up for it a bit because i know some people have a hard time getting on board with that kind of comedy and also don't know the pop culture references that it's pulling from. That would be a thing that I would say you probably wouldn't enjoy it as much if you exactly. weren't in the know. Exactly. That's why I feel the need to like take some time and describe a little bit more in detail. Yeah. They even had like a Jurassic Park reference at the end. Yes. When yeah. Sweet Pete was like that hideous <laughs> amalgamation of different characters. Yeah. What was funny is they ended up fighting their like reoccurring villain from Rescue Rangers is the cat, you know? Oh, I I thought I recognized that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think was Jim Cummings. I'm not sure. Fat cat. Yeah, yeah. But he, when when they he comes emerging out of like the building and there's the banner that's falling behind him. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was it was just it was like, like a Jurassic T-Rex. Park. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was it was a super fun ride, and I'm really glad that we got this movie. Yeah, and I hope it's an indication of more Mulaney and Sandberg content to come. Because I think those guys are pretty brilliant. Yeah. They play off each other very well. Mulaney is coming off of a, a pretty tough season of a, in his personal life. Yeah. My brother went and saw him perform a little less than a year ago. 
and he just got back from rehab and mm-hmm. his wife divorced him or he divorced his wife but i, th- I think it was her probably because he was into some some big drugs some substance <laughs> he made this joke because it was like right after the bo burnham inside and he made this joke i think i told you or he his opening jokes is like yeah so i come back from rehab and everyone's talking about bo burnham <laughs> nobody cares about john mulaney <laughs> yeah i don't know john john's always had this edge to him his snl episodes are often my favorite episodes because his comedy yeah, yeah. is just so good he really knows how to deliver yeah. i think his his new in town special is one of my favorites yeah yeah, and I've I've always had the biggest crush on Andy Samberg. I think he's he's amazing. So I'm like, yeah, you heard my when I talked about how good Brooklyn Nine Nine was. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Andy Samberg. I think I know all the words to Lazy Sunday, <laughs> and most of all the words to a lot of the other most popular Lonely Island songs because of SNL. When I was coming up through middle school and high school, like Hot Rod was the cult film between <laughs> me and my circle of friends. Yeah. Hot Rod was a good one. It's timeless. Yeah. <laughs> it's- if you guys who are listening haven't seen Hot Rod, go do yourself a favor. Watch that movie tonight. Yeah. It is wild. That movie's a lot. That's it's like a, we got vintage Bill Hader in there, Ian McShane, Danny McBride. I could go on. Yeah. But this was a hit. This was a hit for sure. And it certainly relies on that trending gimmick of, you know, the meta comedy, which we are just inundated with right now. You know, even something like, uh, the Nick Cage movie we saw, yeah. The Unbearable Weight, where it's like yes. constantly talking about what it's doing. It's very, it's very similar to that actually, because yeah. I, I was thinking about that movie while I was watching Chippendale, because Unbearable Weight was constantly referencing itself about like, yeah, it being the movie they're talking about the movie that we're watching currently, <laughs> and Chippendale was constantly talking about the reboot that they wanted to make, which was this movie. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Yeah. One of the funniest things in this this movie, though, was Gadget. <laughs> who's a who's a who's a chipmunk, and their their friend who's a fly. What's his name? Zip Zipper Zipper. They get married and have forty two kids. <laughs> it's such a and they show a, a a still image of all of their kids, and they all have different attributes of either a fly or a chipmunk. Yeah, it is so wild. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Chip's like, or John Mulaney's, he's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that or something. <laughs> yeah, that that is some is indicative of some of the weirder stuff in this movie. And then there's like, like you mentioned too, like there's some edgier, darker stuff too. Like, yeah, all the the subtext with like characters being uh, kidnapped and hideously mutilated, and changed yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like it's pretty freaky sometimes. Even Will Arnett as the grown-up Peter Pan and like his whole story and talking about being like a washed-up, you know, once you get past being a child actor, there was a lot about. There's probably even meta comedy that we wouldn't even understand about what it means to be like a washed-up performer, you know? Yeah. And Ugly Sonic was like, yeah. So, so that was the other another thing is like the. the I don't even know how to explain Ugly Sonic. He, it's it's exactly what you would think. Okay, we talked about Sonic the Hedgehog at the beginning of this. When the first trailer for the first movie came out, there was this iteration of Sonic the Hedgehog that people <laughs> hated, and the 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 online community voiced sort of unanimously and so large the the was the unanimous 
voice behind the discontent the, yeah the, the the rage the malcontent behind how it looked it looked very gross and disgusting honestly got the human teeth i know they kept focusing on <laughs> yeah, that they, <laughs> <laughs> he talks about how he bit his tongue but so the production studio behind that i'm i'm assuming it's paramount decided to delay sonic the hedgehog i think it was like eight months to a year and re entirely redo the cgi of sonic the hedgehog and anyway, that movie ended up being a success because it's good, Gabe. It's good. I believe you. But in this universe that Chip and Dale has created, it's like they fired the actor of the ugly Sonic who still exists somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's he's traveling these cons now as like, quote unquote, ugly Sonic. And he's voiced by uh, Tim Robinson. Yeah. And he is a Tim Robinson character. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like across the aisle from Dale, who's also traveling these these cons about like being a washed up child actor or something. I like to imagine that was the first gag that they then wrote the movie around because that was such an insane thing yeah. for pop culture. I know. Especially because it just happened. Yeah. Cause ba- basically, fans made this happen, just like the John Krasinski being reed richards thing we willed it into existence yeah we did heck yeah we with did with our our studios listen <laughs> studios listen to us sometimes that's true not not all the time but yeah that ugly sonic and then and then he he came back about like two or three times in the film yeah he ended up being in the finale too he rolled in with the <laughs> fbi <laughs> he's like see dale <laughs> he was like their banter was great he was talking about the show he was getting with the fbi it's just it it was uncanny how much tim robinson channeled himself into that character oh god if you guys haven't seen i think you should leave a tim robinson on netflix it's worth uh, uh one or two episodes <laughs> episodes of your time because it's it's crazy it is insane that show's crazy yeah but highly would recommend chippendale rescue rangers i would rate it highly yeah i'd call this like i'd give it an eight out of ten <gasps> That's a four out of five when reduced. I think I probably would give it an eight out of ten as well. If we're doing the IGN scale, eight out of ten. Steven loves making friends. And Gabe doesn't. <laughs> I'm here. You 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 uh you, you bring you out know, that you better, know how our story you're my, goes. You're my better half, Steven. <laughs> you know how our story you're goes. You're the chip to my Dale. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> It's your fault we broke up. <laughs> Cue the Chippendales theme. Yeah. I love Even that was a joke. They're like, you mean like the kind of song that's like a remake of the original song where it makes you just want to hear the original song instead of the remake? Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, here's the original because I like that one better anyway. A Me song, too. A song I genuinely thought I'd never play on this podcast. Yeah. This is a podcast of firsts. Sometime. Sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks. But these two dumb shoes are picking up the slack. There's no case to be, no case too small. When you need help, just call.
guys. guys it's trouble bad guys see double when they're around 